everyone. Welcome to episode two of the 365 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Alongside me is Riley Martin. And we were going to do this about 20 minutes earlier, but I was caught up in watching Game of Thrones, catching up on that as the new season will be starting April 14th. And even though I'm still only on season six, I'm very excited for the uh, show. And next week, uh, week's episode, since I'm not caught up, we're gonna, I'm going to catch up by then. And we're going to start doing like predictions for season seven or season eight. Right. Yeah, it should be a fun time. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It's more. It's just as important as sports is. Anyway, let's get on to tonight's episode. And the first thing we'll start off with, because we're never going to talk about it again, is the AAF. So any comments you want to say about that first to start off? Well, I mean, the AAF was just doomed to fail from the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made the problem of trying to be the farm system for the NFL. Exactly. And I mean, I said it to you earlier, like, if you want to be the farm system, you'd get young talent. And how many young players, how many young Baker Mayfields did you see? How many young Saquons? You didn't see any of those guys in there. Yeah, because if they're good enough to go to the NFL, they're just going to go to the NFL. Exactly. It's not like baseball where you need to take a few years in most scenarios to develop in the AAA or the AAA. If you're good enough in football, because it's like so like revolved around like athleticism and actual like strength, depending on your position, I feel like if, if you fit that like field you can be good even from your rookie year. Yeah, and I mean, go like, kind of spinning off that, the NFL career that you have averagely is not that long. Mm-hmm. So even to try and have a farming system, unless you're doing, you know, two-hand touch or flag football, it's a waste of time and a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Just like, as you said, like, in uh, obviously in sports like baseball, you can afford to have two, three years developing a game in AAA because you – probably will be playing until you're 35, maybe even 40 years old. However, in football, unless you're a great veteran quarterback, you end up being like a great quarterback like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. For some reason, Eli Manning, um, you can play until you're 36 years old. However, if you're a running back, wide receiver, or pretty much any defensive player, you're very rarely going to see them play past the age of, let's say, 32, 33. Yeah. Definitely. So, actually, a really thing I thought was interesting about the AAF was um, – you brought this to me earlier, that they are not even getting paid tickets, plane tickets or reimbursed for gas to go back home. Not yeah, so the majority of players are not being paid compensation to for a plane ticket, for a compensation for housing, for mm-hmm. picking up everything and moving. And, I mean, that's to me that's a little messed up. It is very messed up. I mean, I get it. Companies kind of completely bankrupt. I mean, there's nothing you can do there, but... Just the so the suddenness of the folding in on itself. I read somewhere, I think he was playing for uh, the Memphis team. I don't remember their actual team name, but he played for the team that's located in Memphis. And he lives in New Jersey. And he signed Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he had to drive like 17 hours to get home. And another thing about that, he, he had like, or I'm not sure if it was this story or if I'm confusing this with another one, but as well as like having to go home so early. Or having to go home by himself, um, he couldn't even stay in the uh, hotel anymore because it was just like they said their cards, their uh, hotel card was declined and they had to leave yeah. because they're not even paying for that. And another thing I want to bring bring up, um, as it was happening, it just happened so sudden. It was very unfair to the players that like when we all heard about the news, that's when the players, the coaches, that's when they heard about it. Yeah, which was kind of ridiculous. I feel like they should have gotten some like. They should have gotten some, like... A week's notice. Yeah, like a week's notice to say, hey, things are not going really well. Um, Just be aware of anything. They thought everything was fine. They were still practicing when they heard the news that 
all activities were suspended, which is just ridiculous. And actually, this also brings another way, another thing, as we know, we've known for years, the XFL is coming to te- coming to TV or returning. returning from their small stint back in, I believe, 2001, 2002, to somewhere in that area. And they had one season, which is more than the AF had. And uh, Vince McMahon, he's confident that he's going to be able to learn from his mistakes and have a successful football league. And Riley, I want you to explain why, again, it's not going to work. So back pretty much the same thing. It's the concept of talent that you're going to have available, Mm -hmm. especially with the XFL, which is known for being unnecessarily aggressive. Exactly. And, and that's what Fitzman was going for. He yeah. wanted like his XFL to be similar to like wrestling, and where so like WWE. yeah, exactly. He wanted to be like a football wrestling like com like combination. You wanted like see like body slams and all that. And when fans were showing or fans were seeing, that's not what it is. It was pretty much just regular football with maybe some more heavy hits. They were disinterested about it. I mean, I if you recall, last time the XFL was a thing for one season. It cost Vince McMahon and NBC a total of $35 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't doubt that Vince McMahon has obviously made changes to the league, as we will call it. But, I mean, he's an alright businessman. He's not really the best. No, definitely. I mean, the WWE has been majorly successful for the past, what is it, 30 years at this point? Yeah, and but I mean, on, like, major events where you could major like cross references yeah. with ECW for example that rivalry that they had I mean who didn't want to see someone fight Goldust who didn't want exactly. to see like, Randy yeah. Orton Goldust match up yeah because once Vince McMahon bought out ECW it failed almost and he instantly put his son in charge yeah I and mean actually got rid of the rivalry his um oh yeah at, after yeah when he put his son in charge it did get rid of the rivalry the, they did pit WCW out of business but that's yeah. more of a that was more of a rivalry that he needed to win I mean, do you but, also remember his restaurant in New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, real great time it had there. Mediocre food. And mm-hmm. great location, Times Square. But, yeah. I mean, awful. Just awful planning. Yeah, I think what everyone, they need to stop competing with. I feel like they're trying to compete with the NFL rather than coexist with the NFL. I know they're doing it at a time where the NFL season is off-season, but they're still doing it at a time, I guess, when other sports are also in play like especially with the AAF you mentioned to me this uh, earlier today the AAF was at a time where baseball is just starting up the NBA is in is coming close to the playoff race same with the NHL there's still a lot of sports on TV and the all-star game the all-star game the all-star like picture was up too it's very exciting for NBA fans but if now you brought this up if they played in the summer in the summer, all you have is baseball, which by then a lot of people do get bored of because yeah. it's kind of repetitive. It's a lot of like two to one, three to two games, pitchers duels. For casual fans, it could be considered boring. And golf, which same thing with baseball for a casual fan, they're really not interested in watching golf. Yeah, I mean, the XFL in order to be successful needs to be the majority of their season in the lull of baseball, of basically sports in general. Mm-hmm. And then that's gonna prove, and I think a fact that can prove if the XFL can coexist with the NFL, I feel like their postseason is going to probably be in the same time as around as the NFL preseason. Yeah. So if the NF, if the XFL postseason can get better ratings than the NFL preseason, then I definitely can see it standing by for at least a few years. But 
as many expect. If you're lose, if your your postseason is worse, has worse numbers than a league's preseason, then you're just never it's not going to work. It's not yeah. going to happen. I mean, ultimately, we can talk about countless things that both leagues have done wrong in their past. Exactly. Yeah. 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 For example, it should have ended much earlier if it wasn't for mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Dundon. Dundon. Well, I can't say his name. But uh, the Hurricanes GM, he bailed them out. Mm-hmm. And it's company, like, recently, ever since that it's been announced that it's folding, that he was really only in it for the online gambling app, which is one of the best that it's been, like, introducing live betting, like, on plays. Exactly. So it's going to be a pass, run. And, I mean, ultimately, he did lose $70 million in venture, but he has the potential to net easily that money within the first year if that gets big. But. It's also AF. They missed out on a huge market in the tri-state area. They definitely did. Coming yes, from, said. We're both from New Jersey. We're both from New Jersey. We live right by New York. The closest team to us, Atlanta. And it's yeah. not even that. We're closer to we're close to um, New York. You know, it's even decently close to Boston, Philadelphia. Philly, yeah. Like these are big, all have bigger markets than Atlanta. You're cutting off basically the entire eastern seaboard and Washington D.C. too. Yeah. Like these are all markets that are bigger that would have be much more marketable, much more valuable to have teams in than Atlanta would or San Antonio, Memphis, Birmingham. Birmingham? Yeah. I mean, what? This isn't like a travel league in baseball. You don't have a team in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, you but need to go big or go home. I was reading an article for The Ringer, and it, it wasn't really something about the AAF, but it was it like the uh, lead of it. It just said it just kind of mentioned all the failed football leagues, and I had no idea there were so many. Um, yeah. So it said the graveyard of failed football leagues includes... The World Football League, the United States Football League, the XFL, the United States Football League, the Fall Experimental Football League, the Continental Football League, the All-American Football League, the Stars Football League, and there was a bunch of, like, Arena Football Leagues, too. Yeah, and I mean, even Arena Football League is on its way out. There's more than oh, yeah. four teams now. There, yeah, there's no one's really interested in Arena Football. Yeah. And if there were to be another, like, Minor League Football League minor football league they have to like they can't like change the rules like the afl they had no kickoffs i mean kickoffs can be exciting extra points blocking extra points that's a big part of the game and people like seeing that i mean you know you have a problem with your league with the concept of a minor league football Mm -hmm. for example when another league the american flag football league founded in 2017 has already you know kind of surpassed yeah. your amount of seasons. Yeah, because uh, flag football, is, it's different. Flag football is much safer for older players, younger players. Exactly. They, yeah, it's much more It broad. comes down to that. Yeah. They, can afford, exactly. they can afford to get more talent. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick was playing, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing Mike Vick was supposed to be playing in a game. And the uh, NFL Network, they, um, I think they broadcast like the championships for it, so. Yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, and that's another thing. I feel like you can't go for like, the AF, I mean, they had, like, the CBS contracts and stuff, the contract with CBS, but, like, if you're not getting, like, views on CBS, it's not it's not really smart. It's probably better to have a smaller a smaller contract with a smaller, like... A smaller network. smaller network, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I mean, it goes to show, like, the AF really dropped ball on this. Oh, yeah, they did. Just ending it was awful. And the, I, yeah, the way they ended it, too. The like they couldn't end. make it through a full season. It they was can't just really put, They can't like, afford to reimburse players for housing. They screwed or hundreds of players. Exactly. Injuries. These are... Health insurance they have to pay yeah. for. It. It's ridiculous. They can't afford it. They can't afford it now. And, I mean, like, that's something that could seriously mess up someone's entire life. Like a life... Like a career-ending injury. Say he was... You know, a very good player in the AF was getting looked maybe by an NFL team to get picked up after. 
Yeah, exactly. Look at him now. So, like, he tore his ACL. I mean, what are you going to do? That's uh, Tearing your ACLs are very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive, too. And if you don't have health insurance, you're, you're screwed kinda, unless you're a billionaire. You're shit out of luck. You really are. For lack of a better term. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, again... The XFL is probably just going to follow the same fate. Vince McMahon is going to have yet another failure on his resume. We're actually going to talk more about Vince McMahon as later. Uh, I'm going to take more of the ball on that one. For um, We'll talk about WrestleMania coming up this Sunday, but now we're actually going to go to hockey, and that's where Riley's going to do most of the talking here. He's a big hockey guy. So what do you see coming up for the hockey, the um, NHL playoff matchups? Who do you ha- who do you like in the, um, the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference? I think, the light, personally, I think the Lightning look... Like they're hot, they look like no team stopping them, but yeah. you never know. It's always the playoffs. The yeah. Penguins are looking hot. They they always have playoff experience. Being uh, just through three years ago, they or they won two in a row basically. Um, not last year, but the two years before. So just whoever you think's going to be the teams to look at in each uh, conference. So I mean, it's basically the end of regular season hockey. Matchups already set up. I mean, unless some big cheating scandal or say for example mm-hmm. Columbus or Mo- Columbus drops a ball on this entire series and Montreal winds up picking it up uh, the current matchups of the Eastern Conference go Tampa Bay, Columbus which I see Tampa just sweeping that series mm-hmm. Tampa's, yeah, Tampa's just like really said, great best team in the league right now uh, they're very hot right now it's hard to beat a hot team especially going into the playoffs with all the momentum exactly uh, then we have Boston Toronto, which I can see toss up going. It's gonna be a very close series. I can see Toronto winning. I, I think need, Toronto will have a good, good shot. Toronto I, needs to pick it up. They they lack playoff experience. That's true. Um, Boston knows what it took to play postseason hockey. It's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see Tavares in a new setting as he's playing on a, a Toronto team with some young talent like Austin yeah. Matthews. And it'd be nice to see if he can make some da- do some damage in the playoffs. Very promising talent on that team, and they they will be a phenomenal team in the playoffs eventually. But I don't see it this year. I see Boston winning that. Mm-hmm. Then we have Washington, Carolina, and again Washington. They kind of they've been limping around this season. Not mm-hmm. very, not as hungover. promising as last time. They're hungover. still on that world championship hangover, as yep. Jack is saying. But Carolina, they're surprisingly hot this year. They're yeah. very good. Another team, actually, the next one you're gonna come up to that looked like surprisingly good this year the Islanders Islanders yeah they really shocked the they uh, really hockey shocked world the today. hockey world yeah I mean if you were to tell me that the Islanders were going to be in contention for the playoffs if or even if they were going to be a guaranteed playoff spot I'd be like no shot I mean have you seen them play yeah but now I mean now they're looking good this year they tied this they have their series tied with uh Pittsburgh which just go that. I mean, that's saying like, a yeah, lot. Yeah, Pittsburgh, which has phenomenal. been an elite team all decade long. It's the evil empire. Exactly. It's the Yankees. Of the, which it's the we'll... Patriots. It's the Yankees. It's, you know, yeah. you hate to see them win. Exactly. I mean, then we have in the hunt for the Eastern Conferences, Montreal, which it this may change up. I mean, it may be Tampa versus Montreal, maybe Tampa versus Columbus, but. Do you think Montreal can win a game if they. Sm- well, it doesn't matter up. if they win a game. They need Columbus to keep losing. No, no, I'm I'm saying if like they steal the spot, the eight spot. Oh no! You don't no. see you steal see the eight spot. Still sweeping. All right. And who do you think is gonna be a going to Stanley Cup from that? From the east. From the east. I mean, I mean, I really hate to say it. I see. 
Boston. You do? Boston. I think the Lightning are going to have a good year. I think this is I their year this year, the Lightning. Uh, to me, it's the same old Tampa. Mm-hmm. They have a phenomenal regular season. That's true. And then playoffs, they choke. They do. Yeah. I mean, it's. I hate to see it because it's a lot of ex-Rangers and big big Rangers fan. But uh, I, I think they're going to choke, like classically. Mm-hmm. Now, so for the Western Conference, I feel like this is going to be a lot more The Western Conference, in my opinion, is much more evenly balanced not i don't want to say evenly balanced, kind of like the east and west nba how like the best team the record wise the bucks is in the east but like the west has like all like the good teams like really close together like one through six or one through eight uh, even like the good teams are really close together i think it's just more like equally talent yeah no i get, I get that like yeah. equal talent wise so so right now current matchup we have calgary versus colorado and calgary's been playing phenomenal colorado's mm-hmm. They're having a real bad year. There's no easy way to put it. I see Calgary winning. They may lose one game in mm-hmm. that series, but Calgary War fans. Cal- yeah, Calgary is having a good year this year. So, next we have San Jose and Vegas. And Vegas making a strong showing at the end of the season. Yeah, because I remember in like not the, the first half they weren't doing the that great. They I don't think they were even sucked. playoff contention. They yeah, sucked. and now they're right in the heart of it. They're playing really well. Yeah. I and, mean. A lot of people were really rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights to win last year. I mean, an expansion team going to the Stanley Cup in their first year, that is unheard of. I mean, can you imagine that two years in a row? That would be insane. Like, that's the most already the most successful expansion team of all time. Yeah. Then we have ICU. So, back to that, I see Vegas winning that one. San Jose, I mean, I I like San Jose. They're a good team, but Vegas is just... They choke. San Jose always choke in the playoffs. They're just like the Lightning. Yeah, I mean, Vegas just on a roll. It's hard to stop a team like that. Next, we have Winnipeg and Dallas. And Winnipeg, also been playing very good this season. Mm-hmm. Kind of slowing down a little towards the end of it. But Winnipeg is still a very good team. I see them winning that. Last game that we have, Nashville-St. Louis. This is probably going to be one of the better games of the entire oh, series. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I can see St. Louis pulling away with this one. Nashville, very good team. St. Louis, though, I, I think they're a little slept. I think that'll go to seven. It'll go to seven. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Look at it. 96 points, 95 points. I mean, it's kind of like a toss-up game. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. Blues do lead the series 4-1. to one, So you are walking in there with that kind of confidence. But Nashville's a good team in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nashville's a good team. So... Obviously, I'll have to put in for in the hunt. Arizona is trailing Colorado by four points, which they're pretty much eliminated at this point. There's not a lot they can do to win unless Colorado absolutely chokes their last leg of the season and Arizona plays like they're an all-star team. All right. So um, now that we talked about playoff predictions, I guess we'll go for award predictions. We'll start with the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is, if you're not familiar, is the MVP of hockey. So... Uh, do you want to start off on this one? or? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I personally believe it's going to be a Kucherov in the Lightning. He's just having a phenomenal season. He is. Uh, he has, like, I don't even know how many points he has. But I think it's, like, around 100. Kucherov's having a phenomenal year. He's having a phenomenal I mean, year. He really shows on that team. And, I mean, he, I mean, he's not the best player in the league right now. I'd still give it to probably Conor McGregor. Jeez. I'd still probably give it to Conor McDavid. But he has 125 points, Kucherov. That's... If you, unless your name's like Wayne Gretzky, that's almost unheard of. 
125 points is just a phenomenal season he's having. Ovechkin's also having a great year, netting over 50 goals. One uh, one of the best goal scorers of all time. Um, I hate that guy so much. But, I mean, like, another big shock here. McDavid not really in the talks for it. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. If, say, for example, to use another sports analogy, this is a NASCAR race. Kucherov's lapping. Oh, yeah, he's pretty much. By far. And, I mean, I know it's two completely different teams, two different talents. Like, it's hard to compare them, but Kucherov is just making it look easy. He is. He really is. I mean, there's, just like basketball, there's 82 games in hockey. He scores over 125 points. That means he's getting, like, almost a point and a half per game. He gets at least one goal or assist a game, which is unbelievable. Yeah, he's one of the most Connor McDavid is 10 points behind uh, Kucherov at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing to knock McDavid. Still very young. Oh, no, still very young. Still one of the best players. Still probably the best player in the league. But just this year is definitely Kucherov's year. not shown, yeah. Like, even, like, for the, in the NBA a few years ago when LeBron James is the best player in the league, but it was Steph Curry's time at the moment. Yeah. It's so, actually, before we um, – now that we're pretty much talked about the, the uh, NHL, the MVP race, um, I guess we'll hit basketball again, actually. Uh, we were going to do WrestleMania, but basketball is also in their NBA race, so I feel like that'd be a or, uh, playoff race, so I feel like that'd be a good transition. And the West is pretty much set, but we'll talk about the East because there's still a lot going on in the East. The East is much more interesting. It's much more interesting, and um, the talent's not as quite as good. Probably all these teams we talked about will be knocked out in the first round, but it's still interesting to see who will get there. Uh, the teams, obviously, that are set in the East are the ones you expect. The Bucks, the Raptors, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Pacers. Which surprisingly, without Victor Oladipo, lost to a torn ACL, they're still able to pick up. They were able to adapt and finish within the four or five spot, which a lot of people thought that they would plummet down to probably like the seven eight seed. But they're keeping it together. Yeah. Um. So right now, if I look at the NBA standings, we have I believe six, seven, and eight is. The Pistons, Nets, and Magic at the moment with the Heat on the outside looking in. Um, the Hornets are the 10th seed, they're, but they're, they're technically still in the hunt, but they're they're like five, four games behind with not many games left in the season, so I'm not going to really include them unless things go terrible. Uh, I, don't, I actually see what I see happening is the Nets and the Heat in their last game, they play each other in the last game, and I feel like that's going to be a winner gets the 8th seed situation. And I, yeah. the only reason why I do think that is because the Nets' schedule for the last their last few games are brutal. Uh, they just played the Bucks last night, or they played the Raptors last night. They played the Bucks a few nights before that, and then they had the Celtics. And then I think they played, uh, they were just coming off a long, a long uh, West Coast road trip against, like, the Trailblazers, the... Yeah. yeah, like those big I mean, Western teams. They definitely don't have an easy end to the season. Oh, not at all. Um, I mean, someone out of control, you really can't change that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just kind of unfortunate how the way it played out. Yeah. So, so if I, mean, I just, I'll just, I can probably pull it up. And I'm pretty sure the Heat have a pretty tough schedule, too. Heat, too, yeah. But yeah. I mean, again, it's a great team. We'll overcome that. Oh, yeah. The Heat, so. they play the Timberwolves, which are not having the best year for some of the stars they have, such as uh, Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. But then they play the Raptors and then the 76ers, and they finish off their season against the Nets. And then the Nets, for the rest of the season, I think they, I think they play the Celtics one more time. The Pacers – oh, no, they play the Bucks one more time, so that's much worse than the Celtics. Yeah. The Pacers and the Heat. 
And the Pacers is a winnable game, again, because they don't have the star talent, and usually that's the thing that kills the Nets the most is when is like one star that just completely obliterates them on the scoreboard. So I would say that's a winnable game against the Pacers, even though it is on the road, it's in Indiana. And then the game against the Heat, I feel like that's going to be the game that'll um, kill their killer. Killer win- make your season. Yeah, killer make the season, exactly. Make or break. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Orlando Magic isn't as hard because I'm pretty sure the Heat and the Nets took all the hard games. I mean, yeah, they play the Hawks and the Hornets the and the Celtics. Magic could make a nice sneak into yeah. up there. All these teams have three uh, three games left, and I think with the schedules, I think it's going to be Orlando. We'll take the seven seed, and I think the Nets will take the, the eight seed. And I think the Heat will lose, and that so will be the reason why they don't make short. it. I think the Heat will just come up so short. And I think D'Angelo Russell is going to go off against the game in the Heat. I'm saying 35 points at least with 15 assists. That's my bold prediction right there. That is quite a bold prediction. All right, now you have the 15 assists, but I, I'm projecting 35 points. I feel like he's going to really come up for them if they need him in the fourth quarter. If it's a close game, he's going to mm-hmm. he's gonna really take control of it. So the Western Conference is pretty much set, so I guess we'll like do the same thing you did in the NHL. We'll talk about matchups, matchups as, as the uh, ranking stands. Obviously, the one seed is the Warriors playing the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs are a gritty team, great coaching, obviously, probably one of the best coaches ever in Greg Popovich. And um, they still have good stars on the team. They have... LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, some role players uh, like Patty Mills, uh, Rudy Gay is another great role player on the team. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Spurs winning one or two games, but, but the Warriors realistically just, the Warriors are going to win. The Warriors win. are just a playoff team. They are definitely a playoff team. And honestly, they did lose 24 games this season, but like, I did they even still, try? Yeah. I feel like in the playoffs they're going to keep their foot on the gas pedal. I think and just, just kind of like practice for I mean, exactly it's, it's like a it's, it's like preseason wrong, it's a long I mean, preseason that you just need to get by they just need to make enough they need to win enough games to get to play they just all they need. win enough games i don't think they're playing hard because they obviously all want to be healthy yeah they don't want to like overdo it in the regular season all right so actually this is a very intriguing matchup at the two and the seven as um, the standings are the nuggets versus the thunder i i, I was i i knew, noticed the thunder are the seventh seed because they haven't been playing very very well lately. Um, they've been on a cold streak, but the Thunder is that one team. If they get hot at the right time, I think they're the they're only dangerous. team that could probably beat a Warriors or a Rockets. But that's the thing. They have to be hot because if they're not hot, they're going to get blown out of the water. Yeah. Because, I mean, Westbrook is a great player, phenomenal player. Obviously, 20-20-20 just happened the other night, which hasn't been done since, like, the 60s with Will Chamberlain. It's just almost unspeakable these days. Um, but at the same time, you got Paul George, who had a great first three quarters of the season, and now he kind of really slowed down in the last, like, fourth of it. But, um, and, like, their, their, like, supporting cast isn't as good as other teams has. They don't really have the best bench in basketball, so, like, them two are really, relying, really relying on to the take over. Exactly. The Nuggets, on the other hand, they have Nikola Jokic, who's a phenomenal player, probably one of the most underrated players in the entire league. And he's just he just carries a team full of a bunch of young talent, a bunch of young potential, and these are a great group of guys that just work so well together. And even though like they don't have like a standout star like a James Harden or Chris Paul or well that's really all that is on the Rockets, but or Damian Lillard, um, the fact that they have all these group of guys that just work so well together just really help. Just really just comes to show that in four like nine times out of ten teams team basketball is still alive. And still well, as the Nuggets are showing. 
I mean, it, it does go to show. I mean, obviously, like it definitely would help to have you know a Steph Curry oh, yeah. on that team. Definitely. But if a team has chemistry and they know how to play together, it's it's a big advantage over a team that just relies on one player. And you can say the same thing about the Pacers in the Eastern Conference too, especially after they lost Oladipo. They're yeah. still able to keep a five seed in the East, and and granted, not the best East, but. Even after losing your star player, expectations just go down the drain and you keep them up after every single game you play and after every win you get. And now we're at the end of the season and the Pacers clinched the playoff spot. So now we have, we did the Nuggets and the Thunder. Actually, I think the Thunder are going to win. I, I think the Thunder will get hot. I think they'll win in seven. They'll win in seven. I, could, I definitely see it going in seven. I'm going to call them Nugs winning it though. Nugs, all right. Yeah, it's yeah they're it's a toss up series yeah. in my opinion. Rockets versus Clippers. I think the Clippers they have some young players. Um, they lost Tobias Harris, which weirdly enough they're playing better without him. Doc Rivers is doing a great job um, coaching that team, obviously, as they're just playing great team basketball with some young, some uh, key players like Gilgis Alexander, Montrez Harrell, and I don't. I, while I don't see them beating the Rockets, I think I can see them. Getting out to an early, uh, they can. I can see them winning the first game away, but then I think the Rockets are just going to step up and win the next four. Yeah, I mean the Rockets are a phenomenal team, and the Clippers, like you said, they have a lot of young talent. But I think they're it's a learning experience. I think it will be good for them. Too far ahead of where their program should be. Yeah, yeah. They give them a couple of years. Clippers are going to be a phenomenal team. Mm-hmm. They definitely will. If they, as long as they keep everyone. They but. keep everyone, and I think they should make at least one splash in the offseason for a good yeah. or a nice. Or I think they. They traded uh, Harris for, I think, a picks, but I think in order to be, like, an elite team, they should get, like... Because, like, even the Nuggets, they don't have, like, a sh- elite start. Like, Jokic is still an all-star, even though he's not talked as as one of, like, a top five. He And he's put in some top tens uh, rankings, but not many. He He's still, like, an all-star. The Clippers really don't have any of that at all, uh, except for, I guess, Lou Williams. But he's probably, like, a top maybe 30 player I, I don't really know I can't really just do the math in my head but he's still probably one a, a good player don't get me wrong definitely the best six man in the league anyway I'd say the Rockets in five this is going to be a good series uh the Trailblazers and the Jazz I feel like these are two very evenly matched teams uh the Jazz have obviously a great defense in oh wait actually I forgot Yosef Nurkic went down with that gruesome injury and he was definitely a um a big part for that uh for that, he was a big part, well, literally and figuratively, was a big part of that Trailblazers offense and defense. And uh, I feel like without them, they're they're uh, they're not very uh, they're going to be running behind the Jazz a little bit. And I think the Jazz will win at six. I think Lillard will have a good uh, will have a few good games that'll be able to lift the Jazz to, or the Trailblazers to victory. But in the end, I don't think they're going to be able to win the series. Yeah, uh, I kind of had to agree with what you say. Blazers, very good. Jazz are going to be definitely hurting on defense, mm-hmm. but uh, what's his face? But I could see, I still could see it being more of a toss up. Like, definitely very good series. Probably yeah. the best in the West, right? Yeah, I think right them now. and the Nuggets and Thunder will be the two best series in the West. Yeah. And then the East, um, there is not the only, there's not really a good series at that moment. I'd say the Celtics Pacers is probably the best, and I think yeah. that's not, I think the Celtics are still going to win that at six. Both. Equally ba- not um, equally balanced, but I mean, just. I feel like if Oladipo was there, the Pacers would have a chance. But, um. Late season injuries. They hurt. 
Yeah, they definitely do. But I do think Celtics are going to be a second round or a second second round exit. Elimination. Yeah. Um, then this is the reason why. The only team I see, well, I see the Bucks, Raptors, and Sixers all making it to the second round. Um, and I feel like they're going to dominate whoever they play because they're all average teams, mediocre teams that are in the playoffs. Then that's the Magic, the Heat, or the Nets, the Pistons, wh- whatever it is, yeah. whatever the four. And then how brackets work, the four and five will play the winner of the one and the eight. So that means yeah. they're playing either the Bucks or the Raptors. And I do not see... I, I don't see the Celtics, especially beating Kawhi Leonard, who is a different... Even though Kyle Lowry is not great in the playoffs, Ka- uh, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, the clear leader of that Raptors team, is a different animal in the playoffs. And now he has a Mark, Mark Gasol, a uh, new and approved Pascal Siakam. I just it's don't... Raptors. It's a different team. It's not the Raptors that got swept last year by LeBron with DeRozan and Lowry. It's a new team. It's a new animal. And even the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, you could... St- the only way you can see that team, or I can see them beating the Celtics, is if they stop Giannis, and I don't think they can stop Giannis. I can see pro- maybe the only person that can guard Giannis on that team is Jalen Brown. Uh, Jason, I don't. Jason Tatum's not that great defensively yet to be able to do it. Jalen Brown is an elite defender. I guess Mar- Marcus Smart is an leather elite defender, but he's more covering guards, so he'll probably be on Eric Bledsoe, who's having a phenomenal year. But even if you cover. You double-team Giannis, you're going to leave one of these three-point shooters open at the line, like Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe or um, Miritich. I forgot they have him now. There's just a bunch of players, a bunch of ways that the Bucks can kill you. It's a deep, talent team. It is a deep, talent team, definitely. And even some of the depth players, like Tony Snell, there's a lot of players on the team that can play very well. Um, so I think it's going to be Bucks raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think Celtics aren't stopping them, and I don't think the Sixers are stopping them either. The Sixers, they do have a great starting five. With Simmons, Redick, Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid, but I feel like when it comes to the bench players, any any one of these four teams, even the Celtics, can be able to outplay the Sixers. Yeah. Um, if the Sixers play the Celtics in the second round, I think the Celtics win, but that's not happening because the one will play the four and five. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's just the way everything kind of falls into place for them. I know it's really unfortunate because I feel like the Celtics would. Celtics would be a fun team to watch in the uh, the finals, but you know what? So the Bucks and the Raptors, so that wouldn't bother me that much. All right, so that's a lot about a little bit about NBA playoff race there. Uh, next week, we'll know a little bit more about exactly who's going to be in. We might talk more later, may, might not, because we kind of just talked about it all today. So now we're going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania, and the big news about WrestleMania this year is that the main event for the first time ever is a women's match between Becky Lynch. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey and I know people the casual fan might be like what is this what who are these stars other than Ronda Rousey of course but if you're a wrestling fan like myself this is probably my most hyped up match for the entire card uh, I'm a huge uh, the man fan I'm a huge Becky Lynch fan I can't stand Ronda Rousey as a rest- wrestler I think she has sloppy mic skills I think she she has mediocre ring skills and it's not really her fault and i understand that she'd had very minimal time to um perfect her ring ability and she for what she had for the time she had she's actually very good however it's just kind of she's just her character really bothers me and i just think it's very forced upon and she's not a great actor i mean obviously she's a great fighter but she's not a great wrestler hey look at this hold on i guess we're in a little mets jersey yeah. <laughs> a little thumbnail of one of the things I saw had a person in Mets jersey. But anyway, I'm really hoping Becky Lynch takes the main event because 
I just ever since she, before she held the SmackDown title or won the SmackDown title against Charlotte Flair United Champions, I was always a big Becky Lynch fan, and I always felt like Charlotte got way too many chances. And I think that Vince McMahon would make a huge mistake if he wouldn't give Charlotte not give Charlotte if she doesn't give if he doesn't give Becky Lynch both championships as she's the best not the best wrestler but she's the fan favorite obviously and Ronda Rousey shouldn't be champion any longer she had a nice run um hopefully the if not hopefully or well hopefully the rumors is true that she is uh wanting to start a family which and she wants to take a little break and I understand that that's perfectly fine um everyone deserves the chance to have a family and I just don't want to see Charlotte Flair win another championship because she's just gotten so many chances Becky Lynch is a fresh face and I feel like they can build so much more with Becky Lynch letting her win. There's um there's more. Uh, let me just pull up the match card right now. I got it up. But, All right. Uh, so, I mean, I can see where you're coming from there with the main event fight. But, I mean, growing up, never really watched the ladies fight. I mean, I'm not yeah. the hugest WWE fan. Like, that's but. really cool about it, though, because, like, no, like, again, like, when we grew up when, and around the time, watching John Cena... A lot, a lot of John Cena, a lot of Triple H, a lot of Shawn Michaels, DX. That's about the time we grew up watching it. And during that time, no one gave a damn about the uh, the divas they were called at the time. But now the women's division is probably, at least my opinion, is more entertaining than the men's division. So it's really cool just to see how long of how much of like how far of away these women have come from, other than from like bra and panty matches. It's just been really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, obviously not knocking on them for anything. I'm sure it's a great fight it's gonna be a great fight no matter what mm -hmm. but i mean to say it's the one that you're most anticipated looking forward to i i'd have to disagree i mean you got kurt angles fairway the farewell match against baron corbin you've got the fall count anywhere match between the miz, the miz and shane mcmahon that's pretty and cool the yeah. young mcmahon himself shane then you've got the united states championship Rey Mysterio and samoa joe i mean Rey Mysterio, obviously one of the that, yeah. One of the funnest wrestlers. To watch. Definitely one of the most funnest. One of the definitely a fan favorite, especially growing up. What a lot of people liked him. Saying that you're looking forward to the uh, well, the main event fight that is this year. Triple H versus Batista. You're like not saying that you're excited to watch it at all. It's Triple H's career That's true. online. That's true. I mean, you saw what Batista did. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed a 70 year old man, Ric Flair. Yeah. Batista's Batista. It's great to see Batista back in ring action. Um, I guess since he dis once he disappeared from uh, when Thanos snapped his fingers, he disappeared back into our world. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there's definitely so many matches I like. It just I don't know. Be Becky Lynch was always my favorite wrestler. Like, cause like I had stints where I did and didn't watch WWE, and ever since like my latest stint of watching it, which was like just before last WrestleMania, I got back into it. I always like loved watching Becky Lynch. And it was, like, the first time I actually enjoyed, like, watching a female wrestler. But, no, definitely. There's a lot of matches I'm really interested in, especially my my personal favorites other than the winner-take-all Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, Becky. Um, you have also your Universal Championship with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. And yeah. a lot of people are just really anticipated for this matchup because they finally want to see Brock Lesnar lose the championship yeah. because um, – he had it for, like, literally, he had the championship for, like, two years, and he only defended it, like, five times. So, like, for, like, literally, he, he would only defend it, like, twice or maybe three times a year. So, like, the Universal title was never defended on any, pretty much any show, and fans were getting tired of that and annoyed. And then they find, he finally lost to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, and then, some, and then um, Roman Reigns actually had to relinquish his title because he was diagnosed with leukemia. 
So he obviously couldn't perform. He couldn't compete. So they had to relinquish the title, and then they just gave it right back to Brock Lesnar. And everyone's yeah. like, we're really more of this shit. So Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble this year. So he, uh, he obviously gets a f- chance to fight Brock Lesnar. And Seth Rollins obviously is the underdog, as anyone that fights Brock Lesnar in the WWE is the underdog. Because for some weird reason, they book him as like... That's Brock Lesnar's not yeah. a person. He's, he's an not. He's an animal. He's the beast. The beast incarnate. That's what they call him. Um... But I just, again, I want to see Seth Rollins win. I don't care how. I just want to see Seth Rollins holding up the title in Met, at MetLife Stadium. Actually, I have a few friends that asked me to go to this. I really wanted to, but it was too expensive. I was really upset. Yeah. Um, it would have been really Definitely cool to go cheap. there. But definitely would love to see Seth Rollins hold up the title. And another championship, WWE championship. Daniel Bryan and Kofi Daniel Kingston. Bryan and Kofi Kingston. I mean, Kofi Kingston. Everyone Kofi. wants Kofi to win. It should be Kofi Mania. I think it'd be really... I feel like what's going to happen... This is my... It's not a bold prediction because a lot of people have this prediction. For the first match of the night, maybe not the first, the first few, will be Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins will win the title. And the WWE Championship will be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston will win, but Vince will come out. Kofi, you haven't you haven't proved enough. You, have, you haven't proved enough. You're going to have to fight again. And he's going to bring out Brock Lesnar. He's going to hit him with like five of fives, and Brock Lesnar is going to have this championship for a whole year because... Brock Lesnar does not want to compete. He doesn't want to be a part of WWE unless he has a championship. So they give him what he wants because they pay him a shit ton, which is ridiculous because no one likes Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but I mean, going back, Kofi Kingston, you have to be excited for that one. You really are because he's been he's, he's been with the company such a long time and he's never gotten a major push. I mean, and this is the first time he's actually getting one. Not going over like time wise and loyalty to the you know franchise, but I mean, just a fun wrestler. He's watch fun. In he's general. exciting. Um, he was always a fan favorite. I mean, the New Day. I mean, that's stuff he's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. The New Day. They're Rumble. a bunch of fun. They're they're like the goofiest people ever, but like they're, they're so goofies. fun. They're definitely so fun. Um, and the last thing, of course, everyone's talking about Batista versus Triple H, and Triple H loses, yeah. he retires. Um, I was trying to think. I'm not sure how they're gonna do this one because, but I do think that Triple H will lose. I think Batista's gonna win. Because I feel like Batista's always a great friend of Triple H. They ran Evolution, or they were part of Evolution. And like when you look at this, he's obviously not going to f- wrestle Ric Flair. Uh, I guess Randy Orton he might wrestle. if He might wrestle in his career, but I feel like it's going to be Batista. I, um, I feel like Triple H wants to go out against somebody. Somebody big. He, somebody yeah, big. but now, now that I'm saying that, I feel like Triple H would be the type of guy who wants to go out against somebody like up and coming. I feel like like a Seth not Seth Rollins because he's like the now, but like you get like a person like a w, like a wrestler that kind of just won the WWE title, still's kind of young, like still kind of new, kind of like Finn Balor. If they gave him more of a push, and then he wrestles Triple H and he goes, "I want to end your career," because like what a, that's what a way to like start up a new career or start up a new legacy, like the next John Cena, or the next Triple H, or like just the next like Stone Cold, The Rock, someone that big, someone with that statue stature. Than to be able to retire Triple H. I mean, I'm. There's two ways of going at it, so I can definitely see. I can actually see that going each way, both I'll ways. Both sure. way. I put my prediction: Triple H wins, retires anyway. I mean, <sighs> honestly, both of them have respect for each other. Yeah, definitely. They both kind of brought up a whole generation of wrestlers. And, I mean, Triple H, he's getting up there in age. He's not stupid. Oh, yeah, he is. Despite all those hits. And he'll still be a part of the WWE, definitely, because he runs NXT. He will retire from, you know, the entertainment role. Yeah, he'll definitely just be the corporate role. 
Yep, and the storytell the storybooking role. Yeah, I definitely can see that. I I that's my boldest prediction of the yeah of the cast. Yeah, because right yeah, because I definitely can see him doing either. Because like he is at an age where like, he is at an age where he is old, and he should hang up the gloves. But at the same time, he's also at an age where he could still because like the Undertaker, I'm pretty sure is like five years older than him. Yeah, but I mean also, and he's uh, he I don't wrestles. see Triple H wanting to be you know Ric Flair coming out there with an oxygen tank. I oh yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I. Not, you know, dissing Ric Flair, love the man, great guy. No, he's a great guy. He's awesome. And Everyone I mean, loves Ric Flair. He's got yeah, the point when you're 70 and you're still Yeah, agree he's to been get wrestling beat since. <laughs> he's got to beat the idea. crap out of. I remember declining. they had, like, Mae Young, who was, like, an 80 year old woman, and they would have the Dudley Boys, like, just throw her on a table. I was like, holy crap, how is she not dead? But anyway, yeah, WrestleMania is coming Sunday night. Uh, we're I'm definitely going to be watching it. Um,. Riley, you're going to be watching WrestleMania? I definitely will be, but yeah. back to Ric Flair. One quick closing statement on that. When your daughter's almost half your age and in the same business as you, it's just a sign to, you know, cut ties. Oh, yeah, definitely. She's 32. She's, Rick, that, yeah, she's 32. She, she's at the point where she's getting old now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, I think... AJ Styles is going to win that. A very phenomenal wrestler, as he's called, a phenomenal one. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre. I think Roman Reigns is going to win. He's just coming back from leukemia. There's no way they're going to lose. Yeah. He's going to lose. He's going to have, and he's probably going to get a push soon, but not too soon because they know that they don't want the fans don't want Roman Reigns shoved down their throat. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor is going to win. Same because they're bringing the demon out. Yeah, and I love the demon. I I really wish. I thought when after watching uh, the Royal Rumble. I thought he was going to come out demon. No, I didn't think he was going to come out demon I against Lesnar. But after like he lost to Lesnar and then Lesnar continued to F5 him, I thought they were going to build a story with the demon. Like saying that Brock Lesnar awakened a demon. But they're doing it with Lashley. Honestly, the Inter- Intercontinental Championship, it's not as like irrelevant as it used to be. There's like some more prestige ever since I'd say the Miz had it for such a long time, defended against such, some really good wrestlers like Roman Reigns, like John Cena. I feel like he'll... I feel like it's a good match matchup, and it actually shows some prestige rather than just nothing. I mean, Finn Balor's also, you know, one of the upcoming stars. Yeah, definitely. He's obviously one bigger. That don't want to say they favor the most, but they kind of give more. He's a fan to favorite. Him. He's a fan favorite, yeah. and they know that, so they're not going to just throw him under the table. They're planted of strengths. I mean, um, people like him because of the demon mostly, but I mean, I also like him. Yeah, he's just a fun wrestler to watch. He's a fun wrestler to watch. Definitely, a lot of those like smaller guys, high flyers, are very fun. Um, however, he's he is old though because he he was um he he used to do a new J- new Japan. I think he's like he's like thirty eight actually, because he used to do new Japan. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven, yeah. He used to do new Japan before this, and he started actually he was the starter of the Bullet Club. Um, I'm not really familiar with much wrestling outside of re- uh, WWE, but I know the Bullet Club is a very popular faction. Yeah, AJ he Styles. Thirty eight this year, but not by WrestleMania. So oh yeah, going for him. yeah, young guy. Yeah, definitely. Irish Young Gun. Uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. If they don't give it to, obviously that needs to obviously, be won not by. Everyone has been released yet. But uh, yeah, but obviously they need to have the winner of that be some NXT star, uh, or some person that's just got released. I think. Let's see. He's Slater, Luke Gallows, Sean Benjamin, Carl Anderson, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. I don't think it should be any of them. No way, Jose. No that's way, my Jose. guy. That's your guy. I think out of this list, I'd pick Bobby Roode, only because I think he deserves more of a push. Uh, Chad Gable, I'm not a fan of. 
I, I don't really not a fan of that match. I think they really kind of buried Bobby Roode, and I feel like this is a good way to like bring him back up. I mean, no way, his no way, Jose, the American kid. Look at that afro beard. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fun character. He he comes like dancing all the time. I really I really do like him. Yeah, I mean, um, kind of like Zeke with the you know. Yeah, he, honestly, he kind of does look like Zeke. Maybe it is Zeke. Yeah, summer job. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so that's the WrestleMania card. Pretty much everything. We're definitely tuning in. Hope you guys do too. And now, I think this is the last thing. Reddit streams. Remember that. Reddit streams. Absolutely. Actually, um, my one of my friends is coming over. He has WWE Network, so we don't have to do that. So we don't have to worry about. So I don't do that Reddit stream stuff. But yeah, Reddit streams is the best, the best tool ever. If you can, you can watch any fight, any game, any whatever you want, pretty much for free. Like, why pay for cable at at this point? You hear that, Reddit? Sponsor us. (laughs) Please sponsor us, Reddit. We're here. We're. That'd be great. Imagine we get a sponsor from Reddit. That'd be pretty fun. That'd be dope. Honestly, anywhere. But remember, Anchor is our sponsor. And use Anchor. Anchor is where it's at. Anchor is where it's at. Yeah, we did the NHL, NBA, AAF. Start with MLB. So I guess we'll start about what just happened last night with the um, doofus of a yeah the of the umpire. What was it? Ryan Colpo. Very strange call. <laughs> yeah. He, he, first of all, he was terrible all night. He like I, I saw on like Twitter... Every single pitch was out of the zone, like not even close to the zone. It was a three-two count, and it was like six different pitches. And Jose, like Jose, it was against Jose Altuve. It was a picture. I wish I had it on me. But yeah, he was basically what happened is Ron Culpa got into an incident with Astros, Astros um, pitching coach AJ Finch, where the, the guys on the, the side were kind of just chirping at the umpire, which really isn't a big deal. It's like, come on, it's Blue. Part of, it's part of the game. Everyone does it. Come on, Blue. Where was that? Where did that? Or where was that? He was a low curveball, like, below the knees. And yet, yeah, like, that wasn't terrible. I mean, everyone has misses a call like that every once in a while. But he just looks out there and yells at the yells at the players. And A.J. Finch comes out. He goes, all right, you can't yell at my guys or whatever. You, you can't do that. Yeah. And um, so then there was, that wasn't too bad. So he walks ba- or he walks back to the dugout. But then Culpa's just standing there looking, like not even like paying attention to the pitching. He's just looking at the, um, just looking back at the dugout. And then AJ Finch goes, "Why are you looking at the dugout? You should be refereeing the game." And then he, they started getting started bickering, and then, and then they called another strike. And then he looks back at the dugout, expecting a reaction. And then he just, and then AJ Finch just loses. He goes like, "You can't do that. You can't do that. Pay attention to the game." He's like, "I can do whatever I want." Like just yeah. bursting out like a baby, completely unprofessional. A lot of people think he should get fired, and honestly, he should not be an MLB umpire because he's terrible. Up there with Angel Hernandez, terrible. But honestly, I think that's a little severe. I think it probably should just be a suspension, and not even uh, just about for a few games because at this point, it's like a first. It's like a first one strike. I mean, just kind of like show that we're not taking this. There'll, there will be consequences for your actions. I think firing him like right away is just it's a little extreme. I mean, you gotta throw in the investigation for him, but I mean, ultimately, he should get fired. He's fifty years old. You've been in, you've been an um for so long, where you basically just kind of throw a temper tantrum. It's a bad look, not only for yourself, not only for umpires, umpires everywhere, but a bad look for the MLB, especially is, when they're trying really to like show. It's when they show, like, yeah. I mean, forget pace of play. Get better umpires. <laughs> Figure that out. Um, any baseball, any casual baseball fan. I mean. Or any baseball fan that's any fan, any person's actually a fan of baseball does not care about an extra twenty minutes because of because they have to wait for the pitch to be thrown or because uh they have to walk to the walk to the pitcher's mound rather than take a card or they don't care if they have to 
put a pitcher in for one batter and then wait another. That's part of the game. That's why we love baseball. I mean, yes, the casual player, the casual viewer is just going to be like, oh, this is too slow. I mean, if you change all this stuff, they're still going to think it's too slow. Unless it's the playoffs. On that, in that situation, they might actually watch it. But yeah, actually, I was on. I did see on Twitter. It seemed like it, he was being biased too. It yeah. seemed like he was making Let's calls. Pull that up. But I mean, it was a Astros fan, so it's, I mean, you got to take yeah. everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. I I did see. I did see though that like I was watching video against the Rangers. Like he was calling pitches that were like high in the zone, but like like right here, like chest high balls. But then at the same time, he was calling strikes to the same pitches against the Astros. Yeah. It, it just it was very salty, or it, it seemed like a very salty move. I um, mean, but like, you do have to take everything for a grain of salt. But no matter what, shouting, I can do anything I want. That's that's ridiculous. That's something. For. That's something. It's six year old says to their mom. It's an unexcusable act. That's that's something a six year old says to their mom. It's so unprofessional, so childish of him to do. It's just. It's something a, a, it's a professional shame. umpire. It just looks bad. If a player said that, that would look bad. If the coach said that, that would look bad. Yeah. If anyone said that to anyone, that would look terrible. Like, you'd just be like, oh, I can do what I want. A teacher saying that to a student, a student saying that to a teacher, literally, whoever says that in whatever position, in any situation. It, lo- it makes you look very arrogant. It makes you look just makes like a flat a out dumbass person, a jackass, pretty much. So, yeah, it's pretty much with a Copa. Um, big, big name I want to bring up. For baseball, Christian Yelich. But he um obviously he won the NL MVP last year. This year he's off to another great start, hitting four home runs in his first four games. Also, yeah. I think he had an RBI or he had a walk. I'm not sure if it was a walk off or a game winning double, but he had a really clutch double. And it looks like he's not slowing down. He looks like he's one of the better players in the league again. And MLB ran a poll. Um, asking who they think is going to win MVP, and obviously it's just because of his recent performance, yeah. but they think Christian Yelich's going to win it again. Early prediction. I mean, it's a very long season, but Christian Yelich comes out with an unbelievable start. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of six players in, in M- MLB history to homer in each year for his four games. Exactly. He That's Willie Mays, Mark McGuire, Nelson Cruz, Chris Davis, and Trevor Story. And those are some amazing hitters, too, there. Yeah, I mean, kind of shows, you know, Good signs, maybe for Milwaukee. Holy crap! The Yankees are losing four to one to the Orioles. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have, yeah, you know what? It's still a long season. It's still a long season. Two and two doesn't look that good though. Two and four. Two and four. <laughs> so Chris Yelk's having a great year, and I guess we kind of went into it. You know who's having a bad year? Uh, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros so far. They're all off to slow starts as the Yankees are down. Or they're two and four on the season, losing to the Tigers one um, two out of three, and losing to the Orioles two out of three. While Boston's also have not fared very well this season so far, as they lost they lost three out of four to the Mariners, and two out of three to the Athletics. As the Astros lost two out of three to the Rays, and I don't know who else they played, but they lost two out of three to them too, or two out of four to one or the other. Anyway. Not looking good for Boston, but again, it's the beginning of the year. The only thing that I, I really wouldn't worry if I was a Boston fan, I wouldn't worry if I was a Houston fan. I would worry, I would worry, a decent amount if I was a Yankees fan, only because there are so many injuries at the moment. We actually have turned to the Mets. Um, I believe we have. I think we have eleven people on the IL. The IL. I can't believe I called it the IL, but the DL. I'm not saying IL ever again. 
We have about 11 people on the DL, including Stanton, Gregorius still, well, obviously, Andujar, Severino, CC Hicks. Tulowitzki just got put on the DL yesterday. Just, that's just a ridiculous amount, and there's like four more, and I just can't think of it because it's so many. I actually saw a video on Twitter. It was um, when Thanos snapped his fingers, and it showed like, it kind of just like, it was the regular like characters that like all disappearing, but like they kind of put like their names of the players on like, each like, person. Yeah, on each person. So like they'll have um, Chapman holding, oh, Batanzas is another person in the DL. Uh, they'll have Chapman, or he was um, Rocket, and he was holding Groot. He was chat or it was Rocket holding Groot and Chapman was holding Batanzas and just kept doing stuff like that and then at the end it was like all the frick people left and it was like oh shit so it's yeah it's just it's kind of work it's very scary when there's injuries um, other than I Anduhar and Gregorius though it seems like the injuries will be short term hope ex- that's yeah exactly that's what you hope because you never know with uh, pro- obviously progress could be. Halted, it, it can go, it can get slowed down, halted, all that type of stuff. So all we can do is just hopefully we can get by for the next month or two, and it looks like we can't. And hopefully we can just take it from there. So you're looking pretty good. The Mets though, yeah, if the they're Mets are on a pretty hot start Jacob right Degrom now. is not only raking, but he or not only pitching, but raking as well. Yeah, dual threat. He is a dual threat. He, I mean, they did lose to Nationals today, four nothing. But I can't mean, win them all. Yeah. Still have a good record. Phillies uh, are doing good yeah. too. They're off to a good start. Bryce Harper's hot. As I said earlier, I said the ground is better. The ground is better. The ground is better than everyone, man. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we do know. Um, the hit it, went yaya yesterday. He did. I saw that. He hit the ball like 105 miles per hour, which yeah. is just ridiculous for a pitcher. He he hits it. He hit it harder than he could throw it, and he can throw it pretty damn hard. Um. Seattle's still doing hot. They're seven and one, which is ridiculous to be seven to one. But again, I mean, I feel like we're talking about this all the time. These teams that are just hot, but then they eventually lose it. So I mean, uh, I mean the Rays, Padres. Yeah. I mean, it's still very early in the season, but I mean the Rays came out come out to a pretty good start this they season. Definitely did. They're they got a quick lead in the um, AL East, which is never a bad sign. Yeah. Chris, I was gonna say Chris Snail. Which I, I guess was I was mixing Blake Snell and Chris Sale, but Blake Snell was after his poor start, as I was talking about earlier, he pitched a gem against the Colorado Rockies. He pitched a gem. He gave up like two hits in seven innings and thirteen strikeouts. Yeah. I watched a uh, video from starting nine. It was just all the strikeout pitches, and oh my goodness, his stuff is nasty, and he just he hits his spots perfectly, and it's just amazing to see like i was literally watched it like 10 times straight just because like i couldn't believe what i was seeing yeah i mean uh going back to the rockies so they're kind of disappointing me this season i had a i don't want to say like high hopes from you know go anywhere big but i mean so far it's been kind of a disappointment yeah. watching them yeah i mean they're three and four right now but i mean the thing is especially with the rockies and with a lot of teams at the moment like sometimes it takes the players a uh, few weeks, maybe even a month or so, to get their groove on. Um, I think yeah. that's what's happening I mean, with Judge. Uh, Judge is not doing the. I mean, he's not doing terrible. It's contract he's, year. Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll just be cheaper. That's fine. I mean, he's batting two ninety two. He just has to hit. No, we're keeping him. There's no way we're letting him go. I mean, it is his contract, or he is batting two ninety two. He just, I guess, it seems like he's not hitting the ball well because you expect him to hit fifty home runs a year, which which is a little. It's it's kind of unreasonable, but. We're Yankee fans. What do you expect? We're the most unreasonable people in the world. Hey, the Yankees scored. Sweet. 
<laughs> so it's 4-2. We're on the comeback. We're making a comeback. Um, I think Sanchez hit a dinger. Yeah, against the Orioles, huh? Listen. Listen. Shut up. He won one game against him last time. Listen. It's a long season, as you say. Yeah. Remember when the Reds... Uh, not the Let Reds. Let me have this. Remember, Reds always start off hot and suck. I know. I was going to say, the Mets started off 11-1 last year. Yeah. Pretty freaking great, if you ask me. But a uh, popular opinion here on, at least my part here, the New York Yankees should just straight up change their name to a team I'm injured. Why didn't the Mets do that? <laughs> like five years ago. That's smart. <laughs> so why would that help the Yankees at all? Uh, at least you know what you're getting yourself into then. Yeah. As a fan, at least. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it does suck. But um, you know what? So I feel like we're going to... You know what I've dealt with like the last five years. Yeah, it's true. That's true. It's really weird. excited. T-Bones came up last year, and then what did he do? That would, he got hurt? Yeah. Was he really about to come up? I mean, yeah, they were about to bring him up to sell tickets because they were oh, already yeah. so far out of playoff contention. <laughs> it didn't matter. That's funny. They were to bring him up just for They were out of playoff. Hey. Probably when it was like the 40-man roster when they could bring up a shit ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like with the Jets what they did. They signed T-Bow to sell tickets. They really had no intention of playing mm-hmm. him until, you know, oh, you're down 9-0, you can bring him in for right field and for an at-bat <laughs> just to hype up fans. You know, he can sell his jersey around. Mm-hmm. You play fantasy baseball? Not this year. It's oh. too much micromanagement for it me. It is micromanagement, but I've, I've like gotten into a system. I did this when I played fantasy basketball, which I kind of want to check if I won that. I don't think I did because I didn't check this week. Um, I played, I've been playing fantasy basketball, and I got into a um, – I'm actually up by 54. It's a close game. I'm going to set my lineup this week. I got into a system where I, like every Monday, I would wake up, I have class at 10.05, and I usually get there 10, 15 minutes early, and that's when I'd set my lineup. So I'm thinking if I do that every Monday, I can maintain it. But once I start working, once I'm done with school and I just get lazy and I'm starting working, I feel like it might get a little bit harder. Hopefully not. Yeah. And I'm in the finals in this fantasy basketball league. Hopefully I can keep it up. But I don't know. I think my fantasy baseball team looks good. Other than it's like the Yankees a little bit because I have a shit ton of injuries. Let me guess, you drafted so many Yankees. I didn't. I drafted Hicks and Boyd. That's it. <laughs> but I got Jake Lamb hurt. I got Lindor hurt. I got a few pitchers hurt. I picked up Chris Paddock, though, from the Padres. who's He had a good first season, or first game, not season. He had a f- good first game, and he might he might be a good rookie. Hey, he might be like Walker Bueller. Careful say that first game may be his first season. Yeah. Um... Rookies, the rookies have been looking really good. Yeah, Pete Alonso is doing great. Pete Alonso, along with you know all these offensive weapons, such for example, I'll just bring up Robinson Cano. Oh yeah, doing phenomenal. He's but doing great. The combination of that, I mean, eventually when the Mets are all one hundred percent healthy again, it's looking like their their offensive worries that have been troubling these last couple of years are finally starting to get. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cano was actually doing really good last year until he got hurt, but um, yeah. and then he got suspended, obviously, so he couldn't come back. Yeah, suspensions. You know, for uh, steroids. Yep. Well, I mean, if we're gonna go steroids, Barry Bonds. Oh yeah, definitely Barry Bonds. Um, yeah. Barry Bonds. Everyone took. Oh, everyone took steroids. You weren't time. taking steroids back then. You weren't cool. So actually, I do have one question for you, and it's it's ob- it's about baseball, but it's not really about anything this season. Um, who would you say is the best baseball player of all time? All if you time? had to pick one player. I mean, I personally don't think it's Babe Ruth. I don't either. Absolutely not. I wouldn't I mean, say it. It's still a great player, but I mean, 
I think he'd be average in the MLB today. Yeah, if we're we're going into the MLB today, he's a mediocre player. Yeah. I mean, he played so long ago. He played so long ago. The game has changed so much. The game's changed so much. He played when... Flamethrowers, when he played, threw like 92 miles per hour. I was going to say 92 degrees. They play, they play, they throw 92 miles per hour. Um, Pitcher, hard throwers now, all, there's a lot of pitchers now that are 100. He played in like an all white league. Exactly. I mean, it's changed so much. There's, I'm not trying to bring like race into sports or anything, but I mean, there's so, there's so many players, athletes who are phenomenal Uh of color. There's just, to try and compare that to back in the day, I mean, it's, it's just a stupid argument. It really is. It's like, you, like, half the athletes yeah. are not allowed to, like, exactly. not just, You're not just, um... Half, basically, if you put them into this league today, you'd have to take out half the athletes. Yeah, not just, like, black athletes, too. It's, like, any any Hispanic, type of minority. Hispanic, Asian, Asian like, white. they can all, they can't play either. You had to be white in order to play in the MLB back then. Yeah. And Babe Ruth is not playing against them, and they could have been some of the greatest athletes ever. So, you know who I'd pick? Mike Trout. Mike Trout, really? I would. And you know what? I just think, He's one, I do think the pitchers now in this era of baseball is, like, not, let's say, one individually. Like, Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher ever. I think the collective group of pitchers is the hardest to hit of all time. And I um, I just think because, like, they, th- they throw more harder. I feel like there's stuff. There's more pitches now, more different types of curveballs and sliders much more different types of movement. You see the the um the race pitcher. I mean, he's not a nobody, but I don't know his name. And he was like throwing a 99 mile per hour fastball and had like a foot and a half of movement. Like yeah. pitches like that were not seen as much as it is today. I mean, not only that, but like pitching coaching has changed so much since. Then. Yeah. I mean, the way that like coaches are able to look at all like film, film. You take Babe Ruth, he doesn't have film. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, definitely. He has he has the film. You know, he actually doesn't have the film of when he called the shot, but he has, he has like he had some small film, fil- small amount of film. small amount of film. But I mean, compared to what we have today, I mean, you can just look at this, see where the pitch is going, and see what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Although, if we're going back then, Babe Ruth has to just look at it with his eye and say, "Oh, it's gonna go somewhere in this box." This is an amazing stat that. About Mike Trout, just is I feel is amazing to me. Every year, every single year of Mike Trout's career, he has finished first or second in MVP voting, except for one, and he was hurt, and he still finished fourth. I just think that's unbelievable, and I know he's still young; he's only twenty-seven years old, but I feel like he's already at least the most talented baseball player of all time. Because when you talk about some of these best baseball players of all time, a lot of people look at hitting. Mike Trout is also an elite fielder as well. Yeah. He has he hasn't won a gold glove, but that's because there's a lot of talented center fielders. Center fielders, obviously, you have to be the best outfielder in your team, so you're the most elite fielder on your team. However, you look at players like Babe Ruth. He was a first baseman once, or he was he wasn't no he was a right fielder, but he was fat and slow. And yeah, he, he pounded down hot dogs and beers every day. He walk up to home plate with a fucking with a cig in his mouth. Yeah, and I mean it just kind of shows. Athletics yeah. really wasn't that and like, important. Though. Maybe you'll say some people might argue Albert Pujols. I mean, maybe not all time, but like at the moment. And he is obviously a great player, but he was also a first baseman. He wasn't fast. He wasn't very a great fielder. Definitely not in the best shape. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. I mean... So I just I think it's Mike Trout. And actually, I have, to, I have a speech tomorrow about why Mike Trout is the best player of all time. And 
I was kind of using this to prepare for it more. And I, definitely definitely because of the pitching, definitely because of the error he plays in. Because there's no way athletes get worse as time goes by. If that was the case, Olympic records would never be broken. And they're always broken. They, yeah. Throughout time, people get more athletic, they get stronger, they get, get faster, and they're always broken. They don't that, last. like, freak of an athlete, like Usain Bolt. Yeah. I mean, obviously, his records are going to stand for a while, but... Yeah, they're, I feel like even Usain Bolt's record, even if it's by a split second... Yeah, it's going to get broken. It'll get broken eventually. So, there, so you, I, I don't want people to tell me that Mike Trout isn't better than athletes were in the 50s and the 60s, maybe even the 70s. I feel like the best... Um, Willie Mays might be up there. He was a great fielder, great hitter. Hank Aaron, definitely, because of just the stats he put up. Uh, Barry Bonds, too, if you use not you don't use steroids as an argument, I feel like that might be a good argument. Other than that, I don't know. I just think, this, and especially his consistency, uh, other than his rookie year where he batted 280 or 220, which was, it wasn't even his rookie year. It was age 19 year. He came up at the end of the season. He batted, from 2012 to 2018, he batted 326, 323, 287, 299, 315, 306, 312. Just extremely consistent. Never batted lower than 287. One of only two true five-tool players in the MLB at the moment with Mookie Betts. Um, Every year he's hit at least 29 home runs. Or 27 home runs, I'm sorry. 27 was the lowest amount of home runs he's hit in a season. RBIs, the lowest amount was 80 or 72, and he was hurt that season. That's why he hit so little. He can steal bases. He stole 49 bases in 2012, and he can he steals at least 20 bases a year. He's definitely he. I can see him in the future having a 40 for a 40 40 year, 40 stolen bases, 40 home runs. Yeah, I just think he's all around the greatest baseball player of all time. I don't think anyone is as good as he is at every aspect of baseball in the history of the sport. I think he could definitely have a great career, but I mean, you're forgetting about one crucial player. We're talking, you brought up consistency. You don't know consistency until you look at Chris Davis' stats. <laughs> year, 247 every year. Year one and year five are the anomalies in it, but for three years in a row, yearly batting average, 0.247. That's insane. That's actually insane. The total movement he's had in, his, in a five year career from 2014 to 2018. Point oh oh four. He went from two forty batting two forty four to two forty seven, two forty seven, two forty seven to two forty eight. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> he's go. just that's consistency, and he hits dingers too. Yeah, if you're hitting forty five dingers a year, a two forty seven average, that's not terrible. Here we go. A little quote: According to Fangraphs, none of the other twenty one thousand two hundred and fourteen other qualifying five year periods is even close. Outfielding Nori Aoki. Had a total movement of 0.09. That was the 0.09. closest. That's the closest, but I mean, consistent, great Consistently. Hitter. Just playing around with us. He Definitely. is the definition of baseball. Definition of baseball, definition of consistent, and he's going to win that Athletics Team World Series in the future. Oh, yeah. He knows how to do it. If he can bat 247 five years in a row, four years in a row, whatever it is, he can do anything. And I think that's a great way to end it off with Mr. Chris Davis. So um, thank you guys very much. Again, next week we are going to talk about Game of Thrones, obviously. Obviously more baseball. Max Holloway will be fighting April 12th. He, yeah, April 13th. No, April 13th. It, no, 13th, because 14th is... 13th, I said. Ga- oh, you did. I thought you said 15th. So Max Holloway, we're going to be previewing that more as it's going to be coming up in just a few days after our recording next week. Obviously some Game of Thrones talk once I catch up, which I will. And... 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Remember, if you aren't following us on Twitter at 365SportsPod, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Follow. Oh, you can also follow my personal account, JackMurf27, if you want to. Um, Yeah, definitely hit us up on our Twitters, though, because, again, we do update our Twitter daily with polls. We can vote in. Also, you can DM us about anything you'd like feature on the podcast. We will answer it on the podcast for you. So definitely hit us up on Twitter if you can. And thank you all. See you next week.